Warning, this podcast is intense. It's for bold, visionary dreamers with a passion and guts to become a champion. Welcome back to Max Out. I'm Ed Milet, and I'm so excited to bring you the program today. The man to my left is literally one of the most interesting men in the world. And at least for me, I can tell you that for today, it's been something I've been looking forward to for a long time to pick this big brain of his. You probably recognize his face, and most of you know his name. This is Rob Deerdick. And this is a guy who, at 16 years old, dropped out of high school. He founded a professional skateboarding league. He's been a professional skateboarder. He's got 21 Guinness World Records. He's a media stud. He's a rock star in the entrepreneurial space. He's a branding master. But most importantly for me, this is a guy who's a tremendous husband and a great father. And we're going to pick his brain about how he's accomplished all of those things here today. So thank you for being here, brother. Thanks for having me. I, I, you know, I've seen it in video now to experience what it's actually like to be here live. It's, it's so much more beautiful and remarkable than, than I could ever imagine. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. So let's be honest, man. You've had a pretty interesting life so far. I have. I and certainly have. It, it's loaded I like with... to say I've lived a lot of lifetimes already. You know, do you feel that way? I do, yeah. What do you mean when you say that? I, look, you, you want to be a professional athlete. You have this obsession and pursuit and you achieve that. Like Then you take that and now like I want to, I, I want to expand this and be, uh, take this into television. And then you go and live this entire television life. Uh, all these different businesses and different things. You go from athlete to stunt guy to business guy to father to husband, you know. So uh, each one of those is a, is a pretty, pretty significant chunk of life that's completely different than I am today. I want to figure out how you did that. And I know the audience does too, because they see this guy on TV. Obviously, I think arguably you're the face of MTV, you know, from, by the way, what's interesting about that too is for multiple generations too. Yeah. Here I am at my age, you're the face. And then my kids, you're still the face for them. And so the career's just been unbelievable. And I'm fascinated by you because when I saw you on TV, I kind of had this picture of who you were, which I think is probably accurate to some extent, but then there's these multiple layers of you, like there are all people. Yeah. And so what I try to do on the show is get to those other layers. And so let's just start out. How does a dude who drops out of high school at 16, okay? So there's a lot of people watching this who, you know, don't have advanced degrees, but want to go win in their life, or maybe they're a parent, they got a child who's struggling in school. Did you drop out because things weren't going well in school? Or did you drop out because of the whole skateboarding thing? I'm just curious. What, yeah, look, what you know, I, I'm, I dropped out because I just was a, a professional skateboarder, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I, you know, one year in my junior year, I got straight A's for the semester just to show them like, look, I could, it's not even hard for me. It's not even a matter of if I need to do it. Uh, this is my dream. This is my passion. I achieved it. I'm now a professional skateboarder. Uh, there's no, you know, in that year, in between that year, I had uh, went to my first pro contest in Munster, Germany and got fourth place in the world championships and all my signature product had launched that year. And, you know, I was like, I don't need to go to school. It's just not in my path. I'm not going to go to college. I'm not going to, I'm going to move to California and be a professional skateboarder. And so even though I don't fully remember this, my mom tells me the story of going in and them all trying to tell me I have to go to school, like principals, counselors, everyone, all one room. And I just 
like convinced, sold everybody on like, and they were like, you wanna know what? He probably doesn't. We should probably just let him go. <laughs> You're already marketing and closing people. Yeah, and so, you know, it was really the beginning of, of just let him, he's going to pursue whatever he's gonna do on his own mm-hmm. and, and you gotta just sort of let him do it. And that's sort of the process that, that, that allowed me to get out of school. And I still had to go and take a night class, so I got, uh, enough credits to get a diploma. Get your right, GED than, or your diploma, okay. Yeah, is so, there a difference between a GED and a diploma? Yeah, I think that with the diploma is like you still had enough credits to get your, gotcha. to graduate where a GED would be like a, I believe like a not a formidable uh, or a complete formal uh, diploma. Yeah. Right? So, so how do you get there? How do you get from, you get your, you're 16, you drop out. How do you, were, were you making enough money at the time that you could move to California or what happened? Here's the thing. Uh, in December of 1991, I sold one board and got a check for two dollars. You okay. know, and I needed that two dollars. You know, because <laughs> that was all the money I made that month. And I actually broke that up into quarters and went and bought a bunch of sodas that were at a quarter uh, Dr Pepper machine. But wow, you know, I think you know, wow. even in that era, I would track all my finances. Right, I would say back then when I was 16, I'm a bro, I got to treat myself as a business, and you know, I want, you know, I would got a $400 check one month and a 600 and then it was all scattered in that one devastating December where it was like $2 and mm. and in the spring you know the company was uh, was growing and was ultimately like hey if you move to California right now we'll guarantee you a thousand dollars a month thousand a month and I was like you what <laughs> what <laughs> out of here man I felt like I hit the lottery like it was just like what uh, me and a buddy of mine who was who was also about to uh, turn pro, like jumped in our Honda Civics and shot across the country to uh, begin our professional skateboarding career in San Diego. That's crazy, man. Yeah. So you get there. I'm just curious as this is happening, because people listen to this. Because I look at you, I think some people look at you as the TV guy. I look at you as the entrepreneur guy. Yeah. And what's awesome about you is. There's so many different marketplaces out there that see different versions of you. Some of you see the athlete. Yeah. Some of them see the the branding guy with whether well, by the way, the multiple brands you built from alcohol to apparel to, you know, the the food business that you and I are a part of now. Yeah. All these multiple brands. And then there's obviously the TV show, there's the producer, there's there's just all these layers yeah. to you. Did you see all this? Like you're 18, did you were you already kind of like a business savvy guy or were you a skater, professional skater dude and that yeah, was it? No, I mean I was business I was raised by entrepreneurs right mm-hmm. you, you got to understand even the company that I turned pro for mm-hmm. was guys that I knew since I was 12 that moved back from California who started the alien workshop the company I turned pro with with my uh, entrepreneur mentor uh, who lived in Dayton Ohio at the time they all formed that company together and then there was uh, a couple other uh, guys with them that started other multiple companies that I was a part of this is all that I watched at 14 15 mm. so in my mind this is just what I was supposed to do mm. so even though I, I treated myself as a business and you know, was watching my finances and all this stuff. I started my first soup to nuts, built my first like pure brand at 18, right? Where as soon as I got to California, I did a partnership with a big manufacturing and distribution company uh, and started Orion Trucks. I was reading a book at the time called The Orion Prophecy. You know, I was super into conspiracies and aliens and and I was in my teens and like, I was like, man, like we should name it Orion. I hand drew the logo. It was like this star with an O around it. I put together 
um, you know, five of the literally the most accomplished top level pros in the world, which then went and got uh, two guys a piece. And Orion Trucks, when it came out, was the literally the the dream team of skateboarding that I wow. had built for this tr- accessory, okay. uh, and I did all of that for 0.5 percent of sales. So you. You have it kind of going, like you got this entrepreneurial fever, you got the skateboarding thing going, and then there's like kind of this time. I just want everyone to hear this because as an entrepreneur and as a man, as a person, I should say, there's just false starts in life. Like you get going and then you don't. You make progress and then you regress. And then I don't think you're ever prepared for every moment. Like you weren't prepared for the 0.5. You didn't know to negotiate the right percentage or any of those things. But right around 24, there's another kind of like defining time for you, at least one of them. Doesn't doesn't your team come to you and go, hey, look, we think you're kind of toast now. So yeah, what? Yeah. Tell them about that. But look, in, in in that gap now, I've found huge success. Right mm-hmm. now, I've helped launch the DC footwear brand and and moved to California and now become a superstar in skateboarding and all this stuff's going and and but I, it wasn't fulfilling me. Right. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, like the pressure of, of being in the streets and being a pro skateboarder just wasn't like, like my angst to want to do bigger things in business and do other things besides skateboarding became incredibly problematic. I was launching all these different businesses that I didn't know anything about the industries, record labels and, and retail stores and all this stuff with this newfound money that I had helped develop by creating DC shoes and all the royalty money yep. I was making at this time getting hammered on life lessons with taxes, you know, yeah. when you first make big money, starting all types of dummy companies all over the country, trying to like yeah. put my money in different yeah. places, Nevada Corps and whatnot. And I equate it to this. I lost my way and mm-hmm. along losing my way, um, I lost the belief in myself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and when you have had success your whole life, where you were a young kid, you played soccer, you became a top soccer player, you decided to pick up karate, you become an amazing Taekwondo fighter, uh, you pick up skateboarding, you path straight to professionalism, you're everything's first companies, everything you do, you're doing like, mm-hmm. so when you grow up with a deep self-belief and mm-hmm. everything you do uh, works, thus building this deep foundation that anything you put your mind to, you can achieve, mm-hmm. It's a much more dramatic loss yeah. when that drifts from you, right? Wow. Because belief becomes a part of your identity, sure. right? Uh, which is connected to your ability to achieve, which since that's what you've been doing your whole life, you don't know any other way. Wow. So when that dips from you, it's a much more painful, more dramatic thing. I think a lot of you know big athletes, like when- When it tends, they know, struggle, man. Or the ones that were chosen ones from, from junior high all the way and they get into their third or fourth year in the league and get hurt or like now, you don't even understand how to like manage your identity because it's had this trajectory for so long. 100% right. And it was compounded when uh, DC basically told me they thought my best years were behind me Mm. and that this would be the last contract, Mm. you know? And I think that was, and I I can say it in hindsight and telling the story so many different times of like really knowing like, no, it was like you lost the belief in yourself. And at the time I, I sought out a, a, I was looking for a hypnotherapist, right? Like mm. just to hypnotize me uh, to be a better skateboarder, right? I was right. like hunting all these things, right? And 
uh, I found Dr. George Pratt at La Jolla Scripps, and what he did was this technique that was, he wrote a book called Hyper Success, and he basically uh, did this hypnotherapy to just give your um, inner self, your subconscious, the belief that it was meant to have great success. Mm. And whether it was the moment in time, it was like being at the pit, whatever it mm. was, but at that sort of uh, 24 years, like it was that moment of like, no, you've got to take control of, of all of this. And from that point on, I told them at the time, I said, you know, I don't, and at the end of this contract, I'll be a completely different person. And mm. then I rededicated my life to like skateboarding and, and you know, took all, all the way back to like top 10 in the world again. And then like wow. all the signature products and all the filming and, and image and brand and everything just exploded basically from that point uh, straight into television, you know, four or five years later. Bananas. They Usually when I interview somebody, you know, they've, accomplish something in their sport and we talk yeah, about that yeah. or they've accomplished something in business and we talk about that the complexity of what you've done yeah. I wonder and it's probably even a good thing that you don't always just step back and go wow right but the complexity of and how many times you've remade yourself yeah. because that lesson at 24 that lesson at 16 I think there was another lesson when you're preparing yourself we're gonna talk about later for finding someone like Brianna that yeah. whole thing see I, I had this really weird thing happen I'll tell you when Max was six years old I was at this car wash and um, there's a really nice guy to see there all the time on Saturday, old guy. Turns out he's about my age now, but at the time he was old to me. And just out of niceness, he says to me, he goes, hey, enjoy the six-year-old. Because when he turns seven, the six-year-old's gone forever. Yeah. And when he turns seven, <laughs> or when he turns eight, the seven-year-old's gone forever. And you got little kids, you know, man, they just keep becoming these different versions of themselves. Yeah. And I remember saying back to the guy without trying to be disrespectful, I said back to him, I said, so when did that stop for you? Yeah. And he just stared at me, kind of blankly, and he goes, I don't know. And I said, you should figure that out. And what I respect about you is that you have not settled. The 18-year-old version wasn't the same at 24. The 24-year-old man doesn't even resemble the 43-year-old or the 44-year-old or the 24-year-old, right? It, just, it shifts all the time. I respect that about yeah. you. So that happens. And then you go on from there. We can't document your whole but, life. But let, me say this, let me say yeah. this to that too, yeah. right? Because I think I've heard you say before about how you're, you're in pursuit of the vision of, yeah. of you know, something to the effect of you're pursuing the vision of the man yeah. that you, ex you expect yourself to become, right? Correct. Something to that effect. And I, I, I would say when I finally shifted to that, that at, in that pursuit of that individual, I also knew that that individual was slowly changing mm. with the experience that I was having pursuing it, right? Yeah. And, it, and it's mm. not that it, it's this, you're pursuing something that's not attainable, it's mm -hmm. with experience and knowledge and understanding of yourself, because you're on the journey just to master you, yes. that the more you begin to master you, the more that ideal version of you begins to evolve too. So you're in this sort of relentless pursuit that's clear, um, that I think at some point it becomes fully optimized. Mm. The fully optimized version of yourself is who you will catch up with. Like that won't forever be elusive. And oh I my am, gosh, that's right? good. And, and I think um, as because we're so similar in that sort of idea, it's the moment I realized that no, this growth is actually one of your key attributes. Mm. Like embrace it and and enjoy. Uh, what you're able to achieve, but know that that's not part of your makeup. Like the relentless of pursuit is actually your makeup. Oh right? my gosh, brother. And that changed 
it, it allows me to not, very difficult to look back and reflect because I mean, I just enjoy the pursuit so much, you know what I mean? Me too, I've had, the, uh, in, I've had you, heard you say about this too. You make me feel really good because although we're a little bit different personality-wise, you're probably the most similar person to me that I've met maybe ever. And just that, it's even hard to describe, but we're both just so obsessed with this pursuit of growth and change and experiences and life. And one of the things I struggle with is my memory. Yeah. And, and, I, and I know you <laughs> so do. So do I. Right, I know. Like, the gift and the curse. It's man. a gift and a curse. And I, yeah. think, I think maybe one of the gifts of it is I don't remember all my failures that just hold me back and I keep telling all these old stories. Yeah. But I really do have a hard time remembering things. In fact, when I get interviewed, the great gift for me when I'm interviewed is it forces some recall of memories yeah. I didn't have before. You yeah. have that too, right? What oh, do you think that 100%. is? 100%. I, do don't, think I, I don't know, but just talking it out, thinking about it, yeah. right, with somebody else that experiences it. <laughs> I think it's more gift than curse. Now, mm -hmm. it, it comes back to haunt you when you're trying to like remember the details, yeah. like on certain things, and it, and it jams you up a little. Mm -hmm. Where it jams me up at this state is I'm taking in and learning so much at a high level, and then it pushes out stuff that I could really use again when I want to yeah. uh, use it for another situation, mm -hmm. if you will, especially in business. Uh, but I also. Um, it's also made me super conscious of stuff that I really want to know that I want to remember and never forget that I tell myself that as I get there, right? Meaning when a major moment happens, you have and to And the go, engagement, hey. getting wedding, children, like a mm -hmm. moment uh, with children, like I'll, I, when I really, even just recently taking the uh, helicopter to Catalina to celebrate uh, my th uh, three year anniversary, like I, kept telling myself as we're flying over the city and look at the ocean, like, don't, like, just feel this, like, mm. like, remember this, look at this, remember this. So it's like, I have to practice that and those lock in, right? Yeah, that's why, you guys, if I started to try to list for you the amount of moments that he can't remember, but also that have been amazing in his life, some of you, you just would literally, it is what he said earlier, it's many, 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 many lives, yeah. right? And so. I want to touch on some of them where there's lessons, but I just I'm going to spend most of my time in your brain and in your heart. So, but you go all the way from, let's be honest, you go from Robin Big, you got ridiculousness, right? You got uh, all of the moments that happened on all of these shows too, right? Yeah. Fantasy Factory, like all of these different things. It's just it's it's bananas. And so, I'm and gonna, keep in mind, Fantasy Factory was basically a moment generator. You know what I mean? From yeah. getting attacked by a shark to jockeying a horse for a race to like flipping a car for a Super Bowl commercial, breaking a world record, <laughs> jumping a car backwards, like yeah. getting towed into a giant wave and almost dying. Like all these crazy, crazy, crazy highlight reel that no human being on the planet Earth has. Correct. Right? Is did you just hear what he said, by the way? Just just slow that down just a second, okay? A mauled by a tiger, bit attacked by a shark. You kissed a bear on the lips, I think. I kissed once, a bear. Right? And then, That's an easier one. What, so I want to just stay on that just for a second because like those are once-in-a-lifetime moments you've had over and over and over yeah. again, right? So yeah. stay on that just for a second. Meanwhile, kicking ass in business. Meanwhile, founding a skateboarding. It's just it's, it's like, man, you make me feel small, yeah. which is awesome, right? So And keep in mind, too. Yeah. They are fully intertwined. 
What do you, you know mean? What I mean? Like, I'm, I'm negotiating a deal, a five-year, like, multi-million dollar mega deal with Nike right before, like, I got to hang up the phone and break a world record for jumping a car ramp to ramp 90 <laughs> feet backwards, right? For a giant Chevy integration deal that Chevy's going to do a deal for uh, being a part of our league while launching uh, a complete new company. It's like you're taking phone calls in between this sort of chaos and sort of all aspects of your life. That was that was a six or seven year run of doing all this insanity while doing all of your business and normal stuff inside it. So know? that's maxing out these different areas. The pun is intended, right? But like, so there are people out here who use the complexity of their lives as an excuse not to succeed in any one of them, right? Yeah. So, oh God, I'm a dad and I've got my business and I got my, you know, soccer league or whatever it is. How did you do that? So if you were to say, here's one of the reasons how I can compartmentalize and win in different areas, what would be one of the keys? Just sheer drive mm -hmm. and, and relentless pursuit of success. Now, the mm -hmm. problem with that was, is here you are, um, you know, someone that can do anything, you, you end up, uh, you have the ability to do anything. So you end up doing everything. everything. Then you end up kind of standing for nothing, right? So you end up meaning so much to so many different people. You, you're not even sure what you stand for. Like, are, are, is your passion business? Do you want to do stunts? Are you a TV guy? Like, mm -hmm. do you want to be the commissioner of your league? Do you like skateboard? Like, what is, like, I had to stop in realized that because my hope was if I just kept doing all this stuff, one of them would show me the way, mm -hmm. right? So, and as someone that's so driven and whose gift is execution, the moment you decide to do something, you're going to do it. I'm going to do a cartoon and a toy line. Like, okay, I got a cartoon on Nickelodeon and a toy line in Walmart. I got attacked by a shark to launch it. I'm going to do a new television show. I got this. I read an article with Vinnie DeBona. I'm going to do this clip video show. It's going to be the biggest thing I ever did. Like, like you end up doing all of these things and you basically, uh, behind that, there's 20 of them that aren't working that you're putting that same energy of running into the wall with, right? Mm. And, and furthermore, it's not leading anywhere since you're hoping one will determine what your future is, right? Wow. And I stopped and, and yes, I, I would look at myself as this highly conditioned stress athlete where you could, you could put yourself under the deepest pressure and, and you know, take on 50 or 60 things at a time and mm. operate smooth and happy. And, but it wasn't until I look deep within myself and decided what type of life do you actually want? So it's easier to do when you're sort of in the midst of failure totally. externally, but you did it in the midst of success. Totally. And so this is what it does, right? It, when I finally transitioned to the, the, the next level, yeah, right? The or, the, or the fully designed version, right? Which yeah. I'm on my way, right? Yeah. I would say I'm exactly two and one half years into, um, then I'll speak about it and it'll be what I'm known for and what we talk about, right? Mm. Because since I'm in the middle of transitioning in it, when you look at, at my body of work, it is like so all over the place. You don't even, it's so hard to like land on what it is because the stunt aspect it is, is really interesting, you know mm. what I mean? And being a professional athlete and then like, oh, you jump up and, and oh, now you're doing all these businesses. We're partners together in this super yeah. innovative, amazing brand. Like, yeah. like oh, but then no, you're still 
shooting nine episodes of television a week. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, you're still, uh, you know, entering your uh, 12th, 13th, and 14th season on on ridiculousness, putting you at 10 years and 25 seasons and 500 episodes of television on MTV. <laughs> like, it's hard to put down, like, what does he really, what would he be known for mm -hmm. when really, uh, you would know me primarily for for MTV if you know business or you've had a conversation. Then you're like, okay, this guy's like tuned yeah. in. Yeah. But my goal is to be known for the life that I created, the life that I lived, and the and uh, the way that I systematized it and built it. Uh, that ultimately people could replicate in their own lives well, in the future. You know? the, yeah, the example is going to be bananas. I, I actually admire the diversity of your success. Um, it it's makes been a lot of fun. I mean, it's like... Brother, come on. I, I mean, mean, and I'll tell you another moment, too, man, when I, after I got attacked by that shark, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, this is so dumb. <laughs> like, this isn't right. even, this isn't even going to be good. Like, why am I doing this? That's right. every stunt. Every, every stunt. stunt. It's like, this isn't even that, this is so dumb. And then afterwards, like, no one in the world. No one in the world. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? right. But I remember swimming up off of the looking down on the on that boat and stopping as i was swimming up and there's like 50 sharks swimming around telling myself just look and and soak this into your mind because you will never be back here right again, you know and and i have that uh to go along with the great photo of that like shark on my arm you know what i mean like but that for all the achievers though and for me like i just want you to know something you take you mention it but i gotta be honest with you it's one of the things you're supposed to say to me I don't think I personally, and I'm an achiever and I enjoy my life and I, you know, people come to me for advice on how to live better, but I think I could do a better job of telling myself, hey man, stop yeah. what you've said, the flight to Catalina, the shark thing, like stop. I think achievers have to do that once in a while. Stop. Appreciate this moment for a yeah. second, man. It's not coming back again, you know? Yeah. And I, I, you and I were talking about your kids at their ages and... You know, it made me think, did I appreciate all those moments when they were two, when they were infants, when they were three, when they were eight and ten, yeah. and I didn't, yeah. you know, and yeah. I wish I could go back in those moments but again. think about so, it too, though. You think about how optimized you are as a man today versus when they were born. True. Right? And, and the word. lucky thing for me is I uh, had evolved to a place where being super efficient and using my energy for what I'm only passionate about and having clear uh, goals and vision for life is the foundation that I started with for the family. So mm. I've never missed a pediatrician appointment. Mm. I, I've rarely, I've never missed waking them up, very rarely when mm. I'm gone or putting them to bed, right? Mm. And that's by design. That's by moving out of a fantasy factory in downtown and living in Hollywood to a, a home in Beverly Hills and an office in Beverly Hills and being uh, super close as your uh, developing this life and creating a plan uh, for my how I use my time and my schedule. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, everything is systematized around full balance. I take my first meeting at um, 11 a.m. My last one at five. It never changes. It I don't change. compromise my schedule and my time with my family and wife in my pursuit. Right? That's I fit it inside it. You know. Whoa. So say something about that. So we're gonna, I wanna get into this life thing now because I love the word about optimizing your life. Since the second we talked, the first time we talked, it was gonna be five minutes, it turned into a really long phone call. We actually 
together talked about these things. Yeah. Like these very topics are what you and I discussed when we first connected. Of all those stunts you had though, I'm just curious, because it leads to life. We're gonna go into life stuff now. So you had the deal with the, <laughs> the the tiger chasing you down and mauling you. That to me, even for me, I don't know why, that's even scarier than the shark thing for me. Yeah. Seeing that sucker run after you, dude. Like right. They're trained. I don't give a crap. Sharks in dude. the ocean aren't, but okay. he was biting my neck and they kept saying, put it down, dude. put it down. Because I was the it. Oh you know what I mean? Gosh, like, bro, I'm like, is this guy supposed to be doing this? <laughs> like, Dude, they're a millimeter know. away from some artery. Like, oh, dude, there's just, come on, man. That's, that's I'll crazy. tell you the scariest thing of all of them yeah. was jockeying a horse for a race. Like, that was the scariest of all of them. Because the car stuff, you're in a cage. Okay. Like, you're covered in the mesh here. Trained tiger. Like... When you're on the back of a horse going 40 miles an hour, like if you, you're, when you can barely, if you get shot off that thing, you're basically in a, like a car wreck yeah. with no car, right? Like oh that was the scariest thing. Are, are you thing hearing what done. we're saying to each other right now? Yeah. Like, you know what was scarier than getting bit by a shark? It wasn't the tiger, no, it was riding a horse. But then for me, and it I think, feels good to be able to say it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it must like, feel good. It, it's like, I don't think about it so often. But then just even talking about comparing them and thinking about it and the fact that I own that as a highlight it's forever, unreal, it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah and it's know. also like, hey man, look, being on TV all that long for some people would be scary. Staying at the top that long can be scary. You know, not wanting to fall off the, the, the totem pole you've climbed up, the flagpole, all those things. But I want to ask you about one of the stunts you did because I think like, at least for me, it would cause me to do a little reflection. So of all of them you did, the one that captured my heart the most was the one where Laird drags you on the, um, I think it's Laird, on, on the Sea-Doo into riding the wave. Yeah. Okay. And so you ride this wave and you crash and you thought you were going to die. Yeah. Of all of them, is that the one that you were the most sure you were going to die in the middle of? I'm curious. Uh, no, I mean, it's the only time in my life that I was dying. So t yeah. tell, tell me about what happened and there look, and what I, it did to you. I'm, you know, the trippiest thing about it, too, is like it was pouring rain. And I swear the moment I stepped in the water to do it, mm -hmm. the, it stopped raining and a rainbow went right over it. Right. And I'm like, what's what? Like, it was freaky enough. Where we're like, what is going on? Like, it was just this freaky sort of moment in time. So it like already had this like weird tone. And if you can imagine like and then like I, some of the local hawaiian guys were like asked where i was doing uh, getting towed in and they were like oh it's real sharky out there right so i'm like sharky yeah was so this after the shark thing or before yeah, like this is this is way after okay. but it doesn't when you're doing like you know going getting a uh, bahamas reef shark with a metal thing like it's super controlled Trolled. when you're laying on your back in the deep ocean and all you can think of is like shark coming up from yeah. underneath to get you i didn't even i wasn't worried about what was going to happen in that wave, I just wanted to get up so that I don't get attacked by a shark, right? <laughs> and, and if you can imagine this, you know, I've grinded a 20-stair handrail and flipped a car ramp to ramp and, and done all these crazy stunts, and you face them. You face the danger. On getting towed into a giant wave, it's behind you. So like you, like I'd never surfed before. It was literally the only time I'd ever surfed in my life. You had never surfed Never before. surfed before. And it was like the first wave I ever surfed was like 18 feet, right? Dude. And so it's the most peaceful, amazing, like, you know, cause you can't see it. And like, you're like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, what do we, and, and then it's like a house crashes on you and you don't like, you can feel something coming. You can start to hear it and then just wham. And now you're in like this fight 
everything in you to just get to the surface, right? Mm. So I was like, you know, it's really weird management of emotions and experiences as it as it's related to when you yeah. get into kill mode for stunts, right? Because you right. have to shift into a mindset of like where you basically you get to a deeply calm place because you literally nothing else matters and you understand that that for this moment in time you have to put everything you have into making sure that that you do everything for this to work it's a different different level of mindset right mm. because you're it's a it's it's your life is on the line for this moment mm. And it's so so much easier when you're facing it and you go, 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 you know, and in this one, so as I did it and, and fought back up and then I want to get out of the water, I want to get back up, you know, all this, it wasn't as bad, right? So mm. it was like, it was like, okay, it got up pretty good. Like that didn't, you know, I, I, it's still water, you know, I got spun around, but it wasn't too bad. Okay, let's, mm. let's try to get a bigger one, right? Like, so you get into that zone mm. and now the problem was... I got a bigger one and one right behind it. Oh, God. So not only did I get annihilated, but then as I was like trying to find the surface, another one came down and now I'm so deep and have no idea where the surface is. And, you know, believe it or not, this is a viciously vivid memory just out of death right? <laughs> wasn't trying to hey, you got to remember this yeah you're you about to die here. you want to remember you this. Hold on to this one you know what i mean no no this is like you like like i like eyes open spinning it was just all white and i just remember kept trying to push mm. to what i thought was the surface and i kept going nowhere and the light kept changing and i kept trying to find what i think was the surface mm. and it all kept looking the same regardless of where I went and I was could not no more breath no more breath no more breath like as far as you can hold as far as you can hold as far as you can hold as far you can if you can't you can't you can't you can't and right as I like had to like pass out to take the breath like I popped right up and then he come flying and he was so freaked out right because it's all fun and games you're Laird Hamilton you're gnarly you literally don't even have the the gene like yeah. to even be scared of like water you're like literally aquaman so you're like of course you could do it rob like he just looks at me he's like you're a stunt guy you can do this stuff easy he thought i died for sure mm. and he just we are done. he ripped me out of that threw me on the back we are done like he was wow. so freaked out you know Brother. and you know of course we made that whole episode we wrote that episode around testing your man level yeah and we had decided I had reached it. Yeah, you, you reached it. Man? And that's and bananas. The joke was like, man, you don't you don't want to get to the edge of your man level because you really you really lose some layers of your man level if, if Laird's got to give you mouth to mouth. Oh my right? god, yeah, right. <laughs> like, right. But yeah, that that I was... think if people rewound that and they were listening to your description of what it was like during that time, some people feel like their life's in that place yeah. right now, man. Yeah. Like they're just everything looks the same. They can't get out of it, they can't get out of it. And really what you eventually is you just kind of surrendered, right? Yeah. And then yeah, Thank no, God you like, popped up. Yeah. I, I, uh, that's my favorite story, by the way, of all the yeah. stunts, is to think that you that was the one where you thought you were dead. I mean, yeah. that's it's insane. I want to ask you a couple of things you said, because I think that they're worthy of covering. You said earlier about your habits and routines and mm -hmm. your rituals, and I've heard you talk about how that actually creates freedom for you. People yeah. usually think the reverse. They're like, hey, if I have all these rituals and habits and I've got no real freedom in my life, you you would say that that's completely opposite, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, look, I'm... I'm more, I'm, I'm, people call it habits, rituals, I, uh, rituals. I think it's systems. 
right? The more systematized, the less you have to think of, the more freedom you have to think about other things. Mm -hmm. Like, like when you're optimized, you know, you know, you feel the best when you're the best version of yourself. So the more like it is a machine and systematized for you to do it, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's based around you, it's based around what uh, are the things that ultimately help you and you can, you can actually do, you mm. know, and I would equate me- meditation to it. Okay. Everybody will tell you meditation is, is great. Meditation for me is impossible. It's okay. impossible. You can't quiet okay. yourself, you mean? Can't quiet myself. Okay. I'll never be able to get there. Um, it is, it is um, you know, even if it's great for the mindset, like, uh, but I knew that eventually I needed to, right? Mm-hmm. And I eventually found a meditation machine. Right, okay. so um, what it now allows me to do is meditate every single day at five in the morning. I couldn't do it if I was just gonna sit there and try to quiet, okay. but when I jump into my Soma Dome, which is basically like a giant egg with like lights and, and sound and guided meditation, it now has become an essential part of my life Whoa. because I needed uh, to find a something like that because that's what I needed to actually apply that you to. You found your habit. system to right. meditate. And so, you know, for me, um, if you can imagine, you're up in the morning, at five in the morning, irregardless of how you feel, uh, you're gonna feel a lot of different ways when you wake up. Mm. And I go into that machine for mindset only. It is like, I just think about everything I want to achieve and how it looks when it happens and every single layer and level and you pop out of that thing and you are, you're just in a different energy, right? Of all the people I've had on the show, you've maxed out the most areas. And so I know when people are listening, it's like, okay, what, how does this person think? Like, oh, this is the guy that is on Ridiculous. This was the, the Robin Big guy. This is the, yeah. you know, and now yeah. you're like, nah. I remember we had a mutual friend. I won't say who it is, but it's a very well-known dude. This was a long time ago too. And your show was on in the background. I was at his house. And I'm like, this dude's hilarious. And the guy checked me. He goes, just so you know, he's not just hilarious. This dude's special. This dude's like a freak. He's like a super, super successful guy. Is a business guy. And I'm like, yeah, right. And then I started to research. I'm like, oh my God. Now, having the conversation, I like, I get it. You know, yeah. I understand why. Let's talk about Brianna for a second, though. Sure. So, you said something, man, that's just like, blew me away because I think it's true in business, it's true in family, it's true in fitness and everything. You said that you were kind of one kind of a dude, living a certain way, and that you knew that you needed to become a certain version of you in order to attract the spouse, the mate, the life partner that you wanted in your life. And I think that's true like in business, we have to become that person too. So tell them about how you did that and what you were thinking. You know, I, I, would, I would almost equate it the same way that I was saying earlier where I was just doing all of this like different stuff thinking that one was gonna show me the way. Mm. I, I would think that I, I was thinking like, uh, eventually I would find the right woman that would make the right man, you know, like... Make like, you the right man. Right, you know what I yeah. mean? Like that sort of idea. And I, I just knew that, that the same time of sort of this, this revolution of mindset of like, no, you need to start to be the person uh, that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that ultimately um, it allowed me... Uh, to to create the narrative and and the storyline of like this if 
the perfect woman for me should love the way that I am, not wish that I could change to be the way they wish I was, if you will, right? Mm. And to me, I tried to be, to create that um, in all aspects of life. So when I did finally found her, because God brought her right to me, you know what I'm saying? It was mm. like, man, I'm not even, it was like, like I did a year uh, of like really in this like deep mindset, kept telling every one of my friends, you have got to, you have got to be like this. If you want to find great love, you've got to prepare yourself for great love, which, I mean, I was like preaching it and they were just, so when she showed up, they were like, it worked. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, Rob, like he's a, I preached it so loud and so pure to like every single one of them on how they needed to act. And if you really wanted to, and it was it was, I kid you not, every single one of my friends, I had preached it so much that when, like, I, it, I would introduce her, it, it happened. You know what I mean? Like, I, like it really, like, like can you believe it? Like, oh. and, I, and, and the trippiest thing about it is, you know, you, there's all these expectations and thoughts and excitement that comes into, like, thinking you met the one, right? Mm-hmm. Now, let reality set in. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's this. And imagine now the opposite is the reality of your love and life is actually 10 times better than you could have ever envisioned when you laid out the most perfect scenario. You're such a good guy, too. You know, the other thing you won't say about yourself, but everybody that knows you that knows me, it's just the first thing they don't tell me is about your brilliance or your success. It's not yeah. the first thing they tell me. I say he's just such a good man. Yeah. He cares about people so much, and that's why which, this is so real. And, and which is ultimately, you want that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you also, like, like you want that to be part of your reputation mm-hmm. and ultimately why people respect you, you yeah. know what I mean? I want to be respected for, like, being, like, the man, the father, the husband, the family man, like, someone working. I want, like, to be respected for the way that I live life and the type of person I am as opposed to uh, what I simply achieve, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think you are. I think you're becoming that, and I'm proud of you, and we're just getting to know <laughs> each other. I want you to do one thing for me, though. I want them to know this about you. I think all people should be, I think people matter, things don't, right? I have that philosophy. And I think you're amazing at, like, creating moments. And I'm not talking about, like, shark attacks and jockeying a horse or anything. I'm talking about, like, life moments. Like, you're conscious of creating moments. So within this structure of your life, which you are, like, in your businesses, you're very systematized. You're very, you need that. You, yeah. you want that, yet you have this complete freedom to have all these magic moments. So, like, just real quick, I'm gonna go through a couple with you that I just know about. Like, sure. your first date with Brianna wasn't even normal. Didn't you, like, go yeah. rescue puppies or something on a first date? Like, is that right, or? Yeah, look, so look, I mean. You take this, this for granted. That's not a normal first date. Look, no, you don't, no, that wasn't, it wasn't intended to be that way. Um, mm. It was, you know, just, just taking a shot, right? Yeah. And we had, we had, uh, we met via DM on Twitter, okay. right? uh, the modern way that love formed. <laughs> and she was posting about like these, like, uh, you know, a big thing that had been going on is like this kennel was getting, youth- they're euthanizing all the dogs in, in uh, Bakersfield. And so, you know, I was texting her and 
you know, asking her, you know, would you like to hang out this mm-hmm. this weekend? You know, what do you have in mind to do? And so I I was thinking it was in Ontario or somewhere close. I was thinking, let's mm-hmm. go rescue these puppies. We can drive out there. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's like six hours away, but I still, you want to know what? I was thinking we take a helicopter uh, to to Bakersfield, <laughs> uh, rescue these puppies. You know what I mean? Just being all like, you know, slick and funny. He's so funny. And like a half hour later, she was like, sure. Or no, she was like, perfect. And I'm like, what? I'm like, that was kind of a joke. And then I got a, can somebody get me a helicopter? Oh my God. And we never spoke on the phone, anything like, you know, first time we met was like, you know, like picked her up and drove straight to uh, the airport and jumped in a helicopter and got to know each other uh, by flying to Bakersfield to rescue some puppies. And And, and look, and I was so deep and now we're in a moment. Okay. Now we're in a moment. And and throughout that flight, I was like, not even a question. This is who I meant to marry and spend the rest of my life. So it's instant for me. So I'm like, since this is so instantaneous, I'm like, we got to get a puppy to remember this by, but it's still like first date. Like you still want to try to get this puppy into this helicopter right now. Like, like the fact that, uh, we did not actually rescue a puppy that day. It's, uh, it's just so you did not get a puppy that we day. Did not. But no. then, like you repeat this, like these moments, like and by the way, there's dudes listening. Go, well, I can't afford a helicopter. Just do something special, man. Yeah. Just find a way to make a moment, make a memory, right? Take a walk. Yeah. You know, do something. I mean, look, I went. Yeah. I mean, you just took like, another helicopter ride on your anniversary, yeah, though. Yeah. Do- much sketchier one that she was not happy with. Like when we get in this tiny, where I was like, I didn't even like think about the first one. We was such yeah. a long trip. It was a more sizable, manageable one. We yeah. get in this like somebody's backyard copter we uh, take over there but look again it's let's go have fun right like i am and my success is not uh, predicated on trying to achieve some sort of um, financial milestone that i can uh, do anything other than live an amazing life and yeah. being able to surprise her with a helicopter trip to catalina uh, you know having the kids uh taken care of and like she doesn't know what it is and then like oh then this super unique adventure where we land on the top of a mountain i don't know if you've ever been there but you got to land at an airport in the sky 1600 feet then take a 40 minute drive down a sketchy road to get to the town super weird and driving by bison because they did a movie in the 20s and left all these bison over there it was just this it's catalina right yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. like have you ever have yeah, you ever been yeah, to the okay yeah. look, i have a helicopter over look yeah. i've never been there i don't even know what it was but for us that should be what life's about. Yeah. It's like, go on, go experience just a, a 12-hour adventure. You yeah. know what I mean? We left at 4, came back at 8 the next morning, had to take our daughter to the pediatrician. I had to go do meetings all day, right? Like, That's it's amazing, still, brother, how you navigate these different uh, spaces. And it's such a fun, great experience. And I think not only do I set the precedent for it uh, in, our, in our life, and I'm, you know, whether it's like... Every every occasion I try to to put that level in. It, you do it, it every morning. Into it, you like, do it every morning with your little ones, yeah, right? And like, like, and I want to add those experiences long term for the kids too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so that there are moments that they can look back and and that you know their dad is a, you know, I'm not a normal dad. Yeah. You know, I'm a little bit nutty. You know, and and that. Uh, how that ultimate, you know, I'm pretty disciplined and militant yeah. with, with the children from a structure standpoint. 
which does include full-fledged, full-scale singing every single morning yeah. at like the highest level. Uh, dancing sometimes I'll make him just like dance before yeah. he gets out of bed you know yeah. like and hit him with the positive reinforcement of like been drilling in his head over and over he's happy he's like, I'm happy I'm happy strong strong smart smart healthy healthy um, and just self-belief right? yeah. of just you can do anything because you believe in you say I believe in me I believe in me right it's it's amazing. It's, let's give this, them this beautiful house of love and peacefulness yeah. and then just try to, and to belief, guide though. them, to, to have belief in themselves and, and help nourish that. Because at the end of the day, it's the only way you ever do anything, right? Yeah. It's like even when people call it experience, experience is just gaining knowledge to believe that you can go achieve right. something at a higher level, right? Yeah. And, and your only, your pursuit it, why you stay in lanes that you fully understand because you believe you can do it because you understand it well enough, mm -hmm. right? And it, when you take that step out to uh, learn something new, it, you you have to be uh, sitting there with, with some doubt on whether or not you could do it because you've never done it before. You don't have a yeah. foundation of belief. But if your life is about uh, taking risks and you believe that you can figure anything out along the way, you take that leap into that new thing mm -hmm. in a system of how you create belief mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that you can, irregardless of whatever that may be. You know? That's amazing. People watch this, so two of the more successful entrepreneurs under the age of 50 in a room together. And then like, you know, what do you do with your families? He gets up every morning and sings with his I dance with my daughter every morning. I show her a move in the 90s every morning. I, I told it. you that. And it. you do your sayings with your kids and mine with my son is you're a leader, you're a gladiator, you're the greatest of all time. He's been yeah. hearing that since he was a little yeah. boy. My daughter is that she's a superstar and she can do anything, hugs, not drugs. I do these sayings. Yeah. Everyone, they're, you know, they're at the age where they roll their <laughs> eyes now, right? But the fact is we both do these things where we yeah. do this wacky crap with our kids. And But what I want to talk about, cause I, I, there's so much, so I'm going to go longer you're okay with that, sure. right? Yeah. So you you also have been successful because you do this for other people too. And so there's this great story that I think there's so many lessons in about the deaf couple mm. that I want everyone to hear this story because what you did with it is one, you were trying to help people and then you repurposed a mess yeah. and made it an unbelievable change for your own family. And so the lesson before he tells you the story, because I want you listening for the right stuff is one, his heart, what he wanted to do that sometimes there's shocking events that take place. But yeah. then the most important thing is you repurposed this mess and did one of the most spectacular things you could ever do for your yeah. own family through yeah. it. So tell them this story yeah. real quick. Man, that's, you're digging deep right now. <laughs> Man, so, you know, super fans, right? Mm. Stalker level, right? Okay. Everything that I would do, this, this, this deaf couple would show up to, right? And... I, you know, I've, I've always been a big fan of embracing stalkers, right? Where like, you, you embrace know, stalkers. Okay. You know, it's just like you, you humanize yourself like mm -hmm. um, when, you, when you're just a normal person. Like a stalker puts you on like a pedestal until they talk to you. Then they're like, what? This is just like a normal mm -hmm. uh, person. Now, these guys were just so sweet, right? Just the like, greatest couple. And, and I, you know, had a public birthday party at a club. <clears throat> And of course, uh, he shows up, and I know these guys don't have that much money. He presents me with a with a Yachtmaster uh, Rolex, right? And I'm like, dude, I'm not you. You have heart. You have heart. You know, I'm like, dude, I am not 
take, I wouldn't even take this from one of my friends unless they were super rich. Right, right. Right, but no, no. Like, take this, go give this to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, go take this back. Like, spend money. He says, I'm not going to take this. Then he handed me a note saying, will you help us um, get engaged, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I thought, you know, they, they're, they're such a great couple, all this stuff. So, and they're such huge fans. So I wrote the whole episode around them coming to the Fantasy Factory and then I got ordained as a minister and was going to do the, the entire thing and went through the whole thing, surprised her, put her on the zip line, sent her down on the bottom, said, will you marry me? You know, I learned sign language. I was like, you know, love, you know, whatever it is. And she literally said, no. <laughs> and I was like... I was like, like, I mean, none of us anticipated that. We're like, why would he allow this to happen if there was even a shadow of doubt? And she was like, absolutely no. Like, and we're like, what? And then it was like, and look, we had all us hidden behind like the world's biggest skateboard with like confetti and all this stuff. And then finally he was like, please, for TV. And she was like, okay, yes. And then like, we like, like shot it. And then it was like, okay. And, and so, um, you know, there we have it. It's over, right? So, and you can call this an incredible moment. I still feel a little bit uh, guilty about by driving someone's uh, destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sister had been dating her, her her boyfriend for a while, and it was pretty serious. And I uh, called my mom and said, man, do you think it's that they would be willing to get married on TV? Like, she's like, oh, they said they were just going to go to... Uh, you know, I asked, have they talked about getting married? You know, would they, oh, they're just going to go down to the courthouse. So I thought it was like a, a thing. So I called her. I said, totally crazy idea here. But if you guys are down to get married in the next three months, I'll pay for everything and do everything. And we'll do a show. And, she, and she's like, um, you know, I felt I felt guilty after I talked to my mom. So I'm like, oh, I can't be like manipulating. What if they, you know, whatever. So it ends up they never even spoke about marriage. <laughs> the first time they talked about it was like Rob just called and said he'd throw, if we want to get married in the next three months, he would pay for everything. <laughs> so I called him. I'm like, like, and so she calls me. He's like, oh, I've never even, we've never even talked about it. And when I said it to him, he just walked out of the room, right? And I'm like, oh my God, here, I'm like, what? I'm drink, like ruining people's lives, trying to make TV. I called him, said, look, man, I'm not like, I don't want to like mess with your life. This is your life, but like on some real shit, man, if you want to do it, we'll make you an amazing wedding if you want to do this. You know? And they committed to doing it. And I, imagine, we're talking about moments. I don't even even as you were even as you were like bringing up. I'm like, what's he talking about? Right? Like, and this is you became a minister. You built a basically a giant uh, church in your fantasy factory. Brought everyone in your family and fully presided over a wedding to marry your sister on your television show. You know what I mean? Which is so buried deep in the back of the memories like yeah. and as i'm even saying it and now i'm thinking about myself like walking down the aisle with like them singing and like my parents crying and like it at like actually doing it um is is a remarkable thing and think about it too is like i have one sister i only have one sibling so it's like for it to um, not only be such a, an amazing moment for my, our family, but then them having my nephew and, and all of this. Um, 
and me feeling guilty of like manipulating like mm-hmm. their reality ultimately ended up being this incredible thing mm-hmm. that we as a family have forever. And for my parents, uh, you know, now uh, we have this, you know, both of us have kids and it's like um, this great ho- for all holidays, how incredible it yeah. is to be together and have all these kids. But again, another memory taking me down memory lane yeah, that, brother, I, that but I'm buried. To, but there's all these lessons. There's the lesson of first you're trying to do a good thing for this couple. Yeah. Then you repurpose the mess. Then you do this thing for your sister. They end up in a home that you get for them too. And they end yeah. up with their family there. You're being humble about that. <laughs> and then the other part of it is yeah. on top of that is that you've built this great platform so that you can do great things for your family. There's all these ancillary benefits to becoming successful yeah. that people forget about. So and, and look, and when it comes to that, I'm to me it's taking care of my family at like on all levels, right? Like, yeah. and when you find success, like, that's really is one of the greatest things that you can do, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't talk about it, like, very often, but it's, it's really, uh, I know what peace they have because of it, you right? It. And it's like, it's not that much for me to put them in a position to where they don't ever have to stress ever again. Mm-hmm. And I know how much of a release that is yeah. and how what that can potentially do to their health long term their uh, just mindset long term their self-worth long term yeah. you know so there's all these benefits to becoming successful that you don't think about when you're becoming successful is yeah. the bottom line and you're doing that and all right now we want to talk about success because we're running out of time sure you and have invested in a lot of businesses that have worked and you've started a lot of business. rob and i are partners <clears throat> In, in a business called Outstanding Foods that we're both excited right. about, right? And how do you evaluate a business? I curate the individual first and then the idea, right? Like the idea has to have some unique value proposition for a clearly targeted consumer. Um, and all of that has to ultimately triangulate uh, to decide whether or not it goes through my system um, to systematically build it into a successful business that can be sustainable and profitable, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I just love creating ideas with other individuals as opposed to investing myself, mm-hmm. right? And and long term, um, you know, my legacy I want to be is the hundred fifty to a hundred build businesses that I help create, launch and drive to an exit or to profitable sustainability. Mm. Right? And that's through the Deerdick factory. Deerdick machine, yeah. The machine, so you call it the Deerdick machine. So listen yep. to this, you guys. He said something earlier about these doer dyers. Can I read your quote on there? Sure. I think this is telling. He says, doer dyers are the ones who have the fortitude, work ethic, grit, determination, and unwavering self-belief to turn their passions into reality. They see it, plan it, believe it, then do it. And you talk a lot about belief. Mm-hmm. How important is belief, do you think, just like in life and in business? I mean, it's everything. It's right? everything. It's everything because, you know, and I've said this before where I feel like you only quit when you lose belief. Because when you don't, mm. you just keep like adjusting and moving and moving around and what can you do? And, and even in business, it is so essential because you're gonna start with a plan um, 
but that's not going to be the plan you end up doing. It just doesn't work out that way. Now yeah. there's going to be tons of little things that uh, you adjust along the way, yeah. uh, but it has to still believe in the first milestone you're trying to hit, right? Mm-hmm. And and really, you know, business, you know, people, you've all, I know you've seen the, you know, success is like this. Uh, you know, people think it's this, but it's really like this, but really it's 10 of those things so and it's true. the chaos in between each one, right? Yeah. Like, cause the milestones are real mm. and the end goal is, right? Mm. It's just how you get to those milestones is what changes. And, mm. and to me, you don't want to get into, you, when you build a business with someone, and especially if you have built a business, you know that there is so many layers deep you could never plan for, yeah. you could never even like talk through or ever think about. You have to deal with them as they happen. Mm-hmm. And it's only people, I've, I really, you know, I have six sort of core values of the do or die, and I used to think relentlessly consistent was the most important. You build trust. Uh, and everyone around you when you're super consistent, you, uh, you're executing at a high level. But I, I'm really leaning into like perpetually optimizing where you're always getting better and seeing, seeing how things can be better is, is really one of the most important attributes to finding success in a business mm. because you, everything is changing constantly and you have to constantly, even when it's working, be looking at how could it be working better or else you're going to get left behind, right? And so to me, um, all of that uh, against a great idea, great unit economics, uh, high growth uh, uh, industry and opportunity and all this, all this different stuff, it does not work if there's not a single individual that's filling in all the holes as as the entire process is happening, uh, and and ultimately that re- requires somebody that that believes in the vision and believes in themselves to execute it, irregardless of how heavy it may get at times, right? Mm. Because we have been referring to it as the valley of death, right? Mm. I did. I kept three businesses when I launched the machine in 2016. I've launched 18 builds, right? And wow. that two and a half years. And there's this wow. pure constant. Almost every single one of these businesses, whether it's protein, uh, outstanding foods, alcohol, uh, luxury accessories, jewelry, like whatever the, the business is, all of them n- needed around... Uh, the same amount of capital in the valley of death to survive, right? So it costs a little bit of money to come up and test an idea, get your minimum viable product. But then uh, that first year and a half where you find the customer and can find sales and and really it is the most treacherous waters and um, it is where they all die, right? And so to me, what 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 I'm learning above all is Make sure you got enough capital in the valley of death. I, I equate it to, you know, I would, I've launched a couple businesses with lean capital going into the valley of death. And it's like Rob with like two water bottles. Like, let's go. We got yeah. this. Trust yes. me. Trust me. I know a straight shot. Yeah. And we're over here dying. Yeah. Like we're out yeah. of water. Yeah. Right. Versus like, you know, someone like Outstanding Foods and Bill, he's got, he's so sweet. He's got like three or four umbrellas. Yeah. Like he's got, he's yeah. pulling a, like a full water tank behind him. Yeah. He's like, you know what I mean? It's the... The, the difference, but every single one of these businesses experiencing the same sort of chaos that it takes to get something off the ground. And it's this beautiful thing for me right now. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go through that fire because 
uh, I enjoy being a guide. I like to say I'm your Sherpa through the Valley of Death, yeah, right? Yeah. But I, because I, I want to be there for you and help create this, but it's still on you to to mm. to, to get us to the uh, to the to the Greenlands, right? Mm. So, uh, but it's. I, I enjoy being there with them and yeah. guiding them through experience and and being a part of it and that's the um, the life's mastery and the clarity of like of how I even uh, look at business as a whole. I had to realize like I operated a lot of businesses and I had to like when I when I really did a deep dive on what type of businesses do I want to do and what experience what do I love doing the most in business? I had to realize like, God, you actually hate operating it. Like you love creating it, but as it gets going, you don't want to have, you just want to like advise it and be a part of it. And really sometimes you just want it to go on without you. You just like being there in the beginning when it's so exciting. And I had to basically build a business that does that. Mm. And the beauty of that is it gives you all the reward of being the co-founder. You get to shape the idea and come up with the name and be there on what it is. Then you get to see the product for the first time. You're like, ah, then when you like start getting sales, it's like, ah, like it is the, the most thrilling and exciting part of business that I want to be my life's mastery. But I will be judged by the liquid dollars that I create. I will be judged by the IRR, right? And and to me, um, I want to look at the amount of capital I invest, what is my return over what time, the people that come along with me, that invest along with me, what is their return over what time, because at the end of the day, I want all my business friends, uh, I want our success and outstanding foods to be equated to a single return number that you're like, dang, we did you got it. 87% IRR over the last yeah. five years. Like, yeah. I want that to be my marker for other entrepreneurs and business people of what that success is. And then um, it is a goal. I keep a billion dollar bill in my wallet, right? Mm. And it is, I would like to create a billion dollars in liquidity by creating 50 to 100 businesses that when they exit, I make 10 to $20 million off of. That mm. is a clear, clear as day path um, to creating a billion dollars in liquidity, right? For and you. For me. Your portion just of me, it. Just me. Just yep. me, right? Okay. And so like that, um, it, you know, it allows me now to have uh, principles of when I go into a business, yes. right? So now it's like, okay, I need to own this certain amount of it. I need gotcha. to know that in order to get it off the ground, I can create the minimal viable product for mm-hmm. between a hundred and three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. I always want to finance that myself because then I want to uh, be the co-founder, get co-founding shares, mm-hmm. finance that. So now I have a huge equity position. Then make sure it's capitalized the right way in, in the seed stage. And if I participate in that, again, I'm, I'm gaining that much more equity, but make sure it has the proper capital to get to growth capital mm-hmm. to create a return, right? Mm-hmm. So this now, and then every business that I, I do, I want it to be able to have two years of runway by raising uh, $1.5 million to $2 million, and the burn can be 75000 to 150000 a month and can get the sustainability within 18 months. 
God, that, that tightens a box up real quick, right? Yeah. And then I have founders that want to uh, build the sell at a clear number. We start in the end on what that number will be. And it doesn't mean you got to do it there, but at least everybody now is fully aligned with what the return potential of the opportunity is. Yeah. Uh, because even though I love creating and being a part of it, it's still, I want to be judged uh, by by the scorecard of the return. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's interesting when I watch you. There's two things that energize you, like complete shift in you. Yeah, yeah. Family yeah. and this topic right here. It's yeah. not, and I'm not. It's not that the other things in your life I don't see passion yeah. in front of the camera, behind the camera, all that. Yeah. You're a, literally a different dude yeah. when you shift into family mode in this mode right here. Like yeah. to me, yeah. now we're in the go zone for you. Yeah. That's what it yeah. feels like. Yeah. Am I right no, about no, that? No, no, you can feel it. You yeah, feel you it. can feel it. Because I get way, all fired up. Well, that was a master class. Because I'm just like, <laughs> that was That was a master class in how to be an entrepreneur, how to invest in a business. By the way, also how you should be pitching your business and what savvy investors are looking for if they're going to capitalize you. And so, and it's it's also knowing your lane too. It's like there's not 800 different types of businesses. You know the type, the amount of capital, etc. You're not going to put 50 million dollars into one. And I love that right there. And it, I learned that when you and I talked. Yeah. And just so you know, he's so I wouldn't call it persuasive. I, I believe so much in what he's saying that after about 15 minute phone call in one of these businesses, I made the decision that I wanted to be involved with you because I believe so deeply in what your machine is creating and what these principles and systems are and you know and that includes you so we're running out of time like brother like yeah. i don't know how long we've been going i don't really care because like there's so much in here but i want to ask you a basic question yeah because i kind of get it i got it i got this massive heart in front of me that's what i see i see this guy with this massive heart heart of a champion and i don't mean that hokey either like this dude just wins I'm winning when I'm 16, I'm winning when I'm 18, I may fall down when I'm 24 for a little bit, I'm gonna win again, then I'm gonna make myself again, I'm gonna win in TV, I'm gonna pitch shows, I'm gonna be the talent on the show, I'm gonna have these experiences, I'm gonna start businesses, I'm gonna start a family, I'm just gonna win, right? Feels and like, good. Feels that's, good. that's Feels what good. I love, right? That's <laughs> what I love, I, and it's like, and I still don't feel like I've refined it, and now I'm gonna show you how to optimize your life, right? Yeah. So that's my version. Yeah. But if someone was just to ask you, I'm just yeah. curious, this is a hard question, man, but yeah. like someone said, why are you successful? Yeah. Like just, why are you successful? Like how the hell are you this way? Like, do you know yet? Do you have, have you touched on some of it? Why are you successful to the extent that you have been so far? Well, and look, I, I think there's a couple things, right? Okay. I'm, think of the foundation of what I was built on, right? And, and I think a lot of people find drive and early uh, trauma and, and life circumstances and things that kind of build, build the engine, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think is, is for me, the engine was built off of finding early success and a foundation. It's very different, right? So your, uh, it embeds in your core that this is how you're meant to do it and then ultimately the effort and everything that you put into um, your life is based off of mastering you and I wasn't in denial of I, I got caught early on of people saying like when's enough enough right like when is like like you know like why do you got to do all this stuff like what is it and 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 by not listening to that, but, but taking it as like, 
what are what can you do to just be happiest right and mm. my pursuit was simply energy i started first with like what are the things that you actually love to do and give you the most energy that energy shift mm. when i got into that like yeah. that's real like cuz yeah. that's really what i love to do yeah. right yeah. that energy shift with the family because it's like it is like those two pieces are really what the future of my existence is and what it is and and i think by simply pursuing um that sort of core aspect of what gives you energy the most and then build designing a life around that mm. is why i've been able to achieve the level of success that i have um and it's also man there's some luck in there man i you know what i mean like i i am not um i work really hard constantly learn uh am super grateful but but man if i didn't like you know how planet earth was built in the chaos of this solar system like there's only one in here that's that's uh, nice and protected that's got oxygen that's making liquid water right in the 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 goldilocks zone right mm-hmm. like i still think there's a a ton of that for me that i've never i think i probably like took for granted in 23 24 that led to that zone and and now I just never have again and yeah. it's it's the idea that you know the harder you work and the more prepared and the more your mindset is leaning into you deserve to be successful and you will be successful mm-hmm. um things really start to happen for you that are 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 hard to explain you mm-hmm. know but again it goes back to to belief <clears throat> I will and I deserve, yeah. you know. And and when you it's how I feel at my core. Yeah, I know like you I know. don't like like I'm that unwavering self-belief is like really like there's highs and lows with the pursuit, but the pursuit is clear and gets clearer every day and and although it's not clear how exactly it's going to happen, no doubt in me that it's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know. Man, I don't want this to end because it's so good for me. It confirms things about me and I I think that your answers are so deep. They're so profound. I just consider you unbelievably interesting. And the thing I probably admire the most about you is you're so self-aware. The people I like the most are really self-aware. Like there's it's really interesting. You have this unbelievable balance. I just want to acknowledge this in you. You have this unbelievable balance of real confidence and no ego. Yeah. It's it's There's an ego in there. Yeah, but well, there's, there's a confidence. Well, I don't know. I mean, I yeah. I feel like I'm rooting for you. Usually when a guy's yeah, a big yeah. ego, I'm kind of like, ah, I don't yeah, know. Like, yeah. I feel like I root for you and um I know the audience felt this way too. I feel like we haven't finished everything I want and so we're going to continue this. I have an idea for a round table with you and yeah. me and a couple other people, but I'm really grateful for our new friendship. Yeah, no. Cuz you cuz you inspire me. Yeah. Look, and I'm I'm grateful to be here. This is an inspiring location. Thank you. Uh it takes it's like like I said getting to Orange County is like going to Mars. Uh but it was well worth the trip and I I knew it'd be a great conversation and and ultimately I do think there's so much of us that's aligned from yeah. a mentality and a and a uh personal lifelong optimization yeah. uh that Uh, we will be sharing stories of growth together for the rest of our lives. I, I believe, believe that too, man. Yeah. I really believe that. Thank you so much today, brother. Appreciate you, man. Enjoyed Appreciate it so much. Hey, everybody. I tell you that on this program, I'm going to bring you people who have maxed out certain areas of their lives. I probably never brought you somebody who's maxed out more areas of their life 
than today. And I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please spread the word about the program. Make sure you subscribe if you're listening to this on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave some comments. And also remember, every day on Instagram, I run the two-minute drill because I want to engage with our community. And on there every single day, when I make a post within the first two minutes of my main feed, if you just make a comment within the first two minutes, hashtag max out. We pick a daily winner. You get max out gear. Am I wearing a max out hat? I am. Max out gear. My book signed. Maybe sometimes a coaching call with me, some of my guests. And so please make sure you do that. If you miss the first two minutes, just make a comment every day. We pick a winner of the week who just comments on everything. So make sure you do that. I hope you enjoyed today's program. God bless you and max out.